again, this is a Thursday night. If you are uh, one who's prone to have someone preach in the traditional style in order for you to be uh, satisfied with the fact that you've had church service, uh, you're not, you probably will be disappointed tonight. Um, if you need to be preached to in order to, if preaching identifies or defines a church service, this service will not be what you would consider church because we're not preaching tonight. Um, hopefully, this is a big hope, hopefully, if not all, hopefully most of you are uh, mature enough in your walk to desire more than uh, the preached word. In fact, I, I really would like for you to uh, uh, know that the Bible says that the church is supposed to preach the word. I got three okays, two yes sirs, and one amen. I said the church is supposed to preach. That, that word means proclaim the word out there. The five-fold ministry is responsible for equipping the church to do the work of the ministry. Now, don't get me wrong. I like preaching. I love preaching. Uh, but I understand the need for teaching. And uh, you can get saved through preaching, but you won't stay saved through preaching. You're not going to stay saved unless you have some teaching. He commanded the disciples to make disciples. He said, teach. And that particular Greek word is to train up and to make disciples. And many translations other than the King James will render that particular verse as such, to make disciples. Amen. How many in here you consider yourself a disciple? It's not a trick question. Some people think it was only 12 disciples. To the contrary, when you read the scripture, you'll find out that the Christians were called disciples first before they were called Christians. And so, that's our plan and our goal. According to the book of Ephesians, and I'm taking my time, I'm giving, giving people opportunities to get back in here in quarter According to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says uh, that the Lord, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, when he ascended unto heaven, he gave gifts unto men, referring to his church, talking to the church of Ephesus. And, and he identified what the purpose of the body of Christ was for and how everyone fits into the body of Christ and everyone has a place in uh, the book of Corinthians further identified that we are the body of Christ and, and we are different parts of the body, but every part has a function. 
and the functionality. I would not want any part of my body to stop functioning properly. Amen. And so it is the will of God for each and every one who considers himself a part of the body of Christ to find their place and their functionality within the body so they can do their part in the ministry. Amen. And so what we are uh, going to do this evening is we have cast a vision uh, for months now and set some direction, had some redirection, had some uh, redefining uh, and tweaking of our, our structure and, and the way we do things, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, but what we're going to do tonight is we are going to uh, have a, a bigger picture idea of uh, what we are here for in this last day. Amen. If you don't understand that uh, time is of the essence, uh, we are, there's a spirit of urgency going forth in, in all the world. You hear me? It's not just in the church world, but all the creation is growing. Hey, my friend, it's happening. This is the greatest hour for the church. This is our time. This is our day. This is our moment. Yes, it's getting dark. That's why the church is so important, because we are the light of the world. It can get dark all it wants to. I can just, you know what, just stand still and I'm shining brightly. You walk the streets and every time somebody asks, do you have a, a light? You tell them, yeah, look at, you're looking at them. Amen. It's not to be proud or bo boisterous or whatever. That's just a fact. Hopefully you know you're the light. Amen. So don't go apologize and say, I don't have, I'm sorry, I don't have a, sorry, I don't smoke. Just say, I'm the light. Amen. And so I want to talk to you tonight. I'm, uh, this is, I, if you received an email, God bless you. Thank you for coming. If you didn't receive the email, God bless you. Thank you for coming. But. We are going to cover an area that's crucial, and I believe that this is going to set the pace for us for the coming year and until Jesus comes. And as we've talked about, we've talked about harvest and revival and growth. How many know that's the will of God for the church? Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost, and when we get away from that purpose... We lose our purpose. Amen. Because say, Yo, he always he's always talking about reaching people and all that. What about us? Well, you're here. Hopefully, I don't have to reach you. Amen. And so now that we're saved, you know, if God just wanted me to just go up there, if it was all about me just being saved all about myself, as soon as I got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, right, would have taken me. Or just cause me to drown in the tub. <laughs> right? Whatever. So, we have a purpose. And I want to talk about our purpose here. And you've heard of uh, the, um, uh, the harvest, the end time harvest, and the, the coming harvest. And it's prophesied in the Bible 
that Jesus would, would come for the former and the latter rain, and, and, and the former and the latter rain together, and, and talked about that God would come, when, Jesus would come when he received the precious fruit of the earth, both the former and the latter. This is the book of James. Uh, and, and so we, we, we've been believing for that. We, be, we believe for end-time revival and harvest. Amen. If that doesn't stoke you, you will not be stoked in God. Amen. You may be, you know, some people get carried away when, when uh, God, when some preachers talking about blessings. Hello. Talking about you're going to get your blessing and you, 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 the devil's trying to keep you from your destiny. You know, all that. So anyway, here we are. Uh, and we, uh, we, we do have a slide, and pray, prayfully, I want y'all make sure, pray against the, the uh, technology demons. <laughs> it always want to go to work when you have technology going. All right? So I want to talk to you about the harvest cycle. Listen uh, to this uh, passage of Scripture. If you want to turn to it, you can. We're not going to turn to it on the screen, obviously. Because we have the slides show up. Uh, Amos chapter 9 and verse 13 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. Those that plow the field to prepare the field shall overtake someone who's already reaping the crop. And the treader of grapes will obviously overtake him that soweth seed. And so while the person is sowing seeds, somebody that's supposed to be treading grape is already going to be out there. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. And it's a prophecy. And it's a prophecy to the children of Israel. And it's a, a, a physical and a natural prophecy. But in the spirit realm, it's a prophecy about what God is going to do in the last days. We call that multiplicity in how God revival is going to take place in such and the harvest is going to take place in such a rapid form that, that those who are sowing seed, they're going to be overtaken by those who are, are treading grapes and getting it prepared. And, and you understand that the plowman is going to overtake uh, the person that's reaping. And so, in other words, it's a, uh, if you know anything about the, the, the harvest time and, and, and the, the harvest cycle in the Old Testament, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit, and we're going to see how that's going to relate to us. And, and just by way of, uh, uh, having something for you to look at, my wife brought in this nice, uh, bunch of fake, Wheat. Looks nice, though. It's actually something in our house. I said, baby, you got to. Yeah, I told her a couple of months ago. I said, you, I'm not even going to be able to get it back in there. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. And I'm all on camera messing up like that. Yes, you got it in there. All right. And, uh. The idea, and we're going to probably still do this. The idea, I wanted to give every single person one of these for harvest. But we couldn't get it in in time. But don't worry about it because we're going to be on this for a while. And you're going to get, get one. It's going to be a reminder of what you've been called for. And that's to bring forth harvest. And we're going to wave our offering sheave offerings before the lord and says yes and and when they wave their sheave offering they said this is the first fruit of what we expect 
I know it's supposed to be teaching, but you ought to, you know, you ought to get in the spirit and be excited about what God is going to do and that you're a part. God called you to be a part of what he desired to do in the end time. That ought to be exciting to you. Amen. So that's what we're going to be dealing with. And there's a principle behind the end time harvest. And as I told you, uh, I, I, I introduced it in one of our CET meetings while I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But I had on one of our ditto sheets uh, uh, the, the, the cycle of, of end time harvest. And, and for a couple, few months, I've been wanting to talk about it in our me leadership meeting and, and uh, just didn't feel that it didn't go in that direction. And God all along was, uh, was, was kind of uh, moving us in this direction and everything else. And for the last couple of years, uh, God has been putting things into place. And, and we're almost there with, as far as having everything in place. Now, there may be some tweaks here and there. But by 2018, everything should be set and in place. Now, I talked to you uh, Sunday night and preached Sunday night about the expectation of the harvest and how that God has been positioning and, and putting everything in place. And it was been a process and saying, I'm believing we're there. Folks, I'm not just saying that off the top of my head and I'm not trying to speak rhetoric or whatever. I believe we're there. I believe it. Everything is in place. What well, we've been waiting for, brothers. But it's going to take our work and our part. And so some of these things you'll notice that we already have in place, some of the, these things we've been talking about, and uh, some of these things we're positioned to get in place. But this is a great opportunity for a lot of you who want to have a bigger role and a bigger part in what God is planning to do. Sister, I want you to go ahead because I don't want you to think I'm talking about you. But I don't really want a lot of moving out of here because I think this is critical for everybody, everyone, especially if you're in leadership. Now, this is not a police state, so if you need to use the restroom, go use it. You have kids, etc. Guess you're welcome to, you know, whatever, but as much as, much as possible. And if you had to miss segments of this, I want you to make sure you listen to it on the website because I believe we are in a place uh, that the Lord has ordained. Amen. So now that I got that out the way, I love technology. Praise the Lord, as long as it works like I want it to. And so the first part of revival and harvest and this uh, cycle, this harvest cycle that will bring us uh, the harvest that we believe for is preparatory prayer. If we do not have the proper format and continuous prayer, we won't have the harvest. This is an uh, area that is of necessity. If we do anything, we can grow a crowd without prayer. And if you hadn't checked the ministry of Antioch, we're not interested in building the crowd. Amen. And, and, and you know what Jesus, he, some people think Jesus was interested in the crowd. He wasn't. He ran a whole lot of people away. That's why when the Holy Ghost ascended, it was only 120 that showed up. It was 500 that saw him go up. But all those thousands and thousands of people, where were they? Hey, he messed up a lot of people's thinking and mentality and whatever. People start leaving him, and he, and he started saying stuff on purpose. Then he looked at his boys and said, hey, you going to go away too? They said, where, where, we, where we going? You had the words of life. You can say it as hard as you need to say it. We're staying. We know what you're all about. 
Peter said, you called me all sorts of devils and everything else, and I'm still staying. Praise God. But we need prayer, folks, and I know we pray. I know we pray. How many can pray a little more? How many can use a lot more prayer? I just scared half of you. So that's the first step. You say, well, we already do that. Well, we're going to have some more. So what is prayer as it relates to the harvest cycle? Prayer is the plowing. Before you can ever do anything with uh, having a harvest and planting seed, you must plow the ground first. Hear me now. Prayer is plowing the ground that makes a reap of producing and, and crop uh, harvesting, and, uh, 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 how should I say, possible. It is an impossibility to have a harvest without plowing the ground. Amen. We heard about the four uh, types of ground, and some ground go on thorny ground. Some, I mean, some seed go on thorny ground. Some go on on uh, ground that has uh, stony ground. Some go uh, go seed go on ground by the wayside, and and then the other one was uh, thorns, and and then there was the good ground. Well, plowing would have taken care of all types of ground. Plowing would have pulled up the rocks, and you could have gotten rid of the rocks and the stones. Plowing will take care of the weeds, and plowing will take, will take care of the, the wayside ground and break up all the hardness and get it prepared. And, and so prayer is the preparatory thing. It's the thing that is necessary to get everything right for God to do his work. It's a preparation stage, and we, if we can sow seed and we can have evangelism efforts and we can do all this, have great church services. But unless we don't, unless we get down to the business of prayer. Now, we're going to make it easy right now. We, and I'm going to talk about some things we're doing, but we're going to kind of short up a little bit. We're going to have to have someone in this body who's going to have to rise up and be a prayer warrior and lead this church into a dimension of prayer that we haven't been to before. Yeah, I got a few amens. I tell you what, if you want to mess with flesh, you start talking about prayer. Flesh gets to go, oh, no, flesh gets to squeal and scream, you know. You start talking about prayer. Don't worry, you don't have to do this by yourself. If we needed seven days of prayer, I need seven people to stand up. First seven people, you get a prize. Jesus loves you, that's your prize. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, if I told you to go pray for seven days, straight, for an hour, whatever, you know, you tell everybody, oh, sure, I can do that. And then flesh kicks in. Oh, man. Yeah. But what if I said, man, you got Monday. Sister, you got Tuesday. Brother, you got Wednesday. Brother, you got Thursday. Brother, you got Friday. Sister, you got Saturday. You, got sun, you have Sunday. And guess what? The prayer gets done when more people are participating. The same amount of prayer. It's just that you don't wear one person out. So we all can get involved in just a little more prayer. And prayer, 
the preparatory prayer is not only plowing, but it's also watering. The Bible talks about barren seed with weeping and weeping. What is that doing? You're talking about travailing. When you travail and weep and whatever, you bring it forth. We need to go into this area of, of ministry uh, more so, some, some scheduled, more scheduled areas of ministry in this area so we can see God do something great. How many believe that? All right. Now you're saying that. Here we go. Yeah, Jesus' name. Call him, sister. So, we're going to go back to prayer chain. Again, before you get scared, or scared, as one of my friendly sisters said, scared. Before you get scared, again, the prayer chain will be, you're going to put, pick the day. We just need to make sure we have, we need, and this is, we, we're going to have specific type of prayer. We, 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 we need people to Approach the throne for the same thing. So what if you come to the throne for one thing, and then he come to the throne for that same thing, and then he come to the throne for the same thing. Yeah, I'm going to mess with your nice little sneakers. And he come to the throne for the same thing, and you come to the throne. The Lord's going to say, oh, wait a minute. I got a lot of that coming up here. What's going on here? The Bible says, well, two or three agree as touching one thing. He's going to do it. To see, <laughs> I'm trying to get it right. Ness, huh? Yeah, I knew it was something like that. I said Ness got the Ness for it. Good to see you, brother. Amen. Praise God. So back to it. A prayer chain. In that prayer chain, we're gonna have some. You know how it is. You 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 know when that prayer chain go out. You had the paper to sign up or whatever. You're excited. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting for this. I've been wanting to pray, and I just needed some, some, some whatever to get me going. You know how it is. You really, I know that this, this group really want to pray. They want to get down to some serious prayer. When prayer is called, man, you get with it. I had a brother, he just joined another church. He said, man, when, when he need prayer, he said, I'm calling this church because you guys know how to pray. But sometimes. You just need some accountability. And you know if you had some accountability, you know what? When you feel like slacking and slouching, like, oh, man. So we're going to have an APP. That's not an app. That's accountability partner. <laughs> we got too many apps. So you thought that was a new app, didn't you? <laughs> That's an accountability partner. An accountability prayer partner. And so... Amen. Hopefully you dare. Hope you're taking notes on this because uh, if you want these slides, I'll send it out and the notes. But basically, we're going to have this set up where you can have someone else to be your accountability prayer partner. And don't choose your husband or your wife because y'all both going to sleep in. When, 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 when she has a bad attitude or he has a bad attitude, you know you're not going to go to them and say, you know, pray. No, you're not even going to do that. Your prayers are going to be hindered. And don't go to your best friend either. Come on, let's go to prayer. Then you end up at IHOP eating uh, hot pancakes. And then say, well, we blessed the food. No, that's not what we're talking about, baby. <laughs> no. So we're going to have that. Pre-service and pre-evangelism. 
there should not be any any service that starts out without prayer support, undergirded in prayer. And I'm not just talking about, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, praise God, Jesus, 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 hallelujah, Jesus. You know what? If I can't cut my wife, Glennis, 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 will you shut up? I know my name. What do you want after you keep calling him? Won't you tell him something? Tell him something. We're talking about some pre-service prayer, so we're going to have some things that we're going to be praying about together. I'm not trying to make your prayer robotic. You know, you can just have the skeleton, and you can just fill it all in with all sorts of stuff. At least you have some direction. And so we're going to have direction on what to pray for. So if we all pray in the same thing, my friend, I believe we're going to get God's attention. Pre-service and pre-evangelism, there shouldn't be any evangelism effort that doesn't, uh, uh, that's not undergirded with prayer. Sorry. Uh, weekly uh, intercession, we're already doing that. Sorry for the red. I had to stick with the color scheme, but I really didn't work for your eyes here, so I do apologize. On, on the screen, on my computer, looks really nice, though, together. But multiple teams, we do that now. We have four teams. And the prayer structure is warfare, travail, and uh, evangelism supplication. What is evangelism supplication? That's praying for the harvest that God intends for us to have. That's praying for our outreach and evangelism efforts. And so the prayer focus, if you lead one of these prayer uh, groups, we have four separate groups. If you didn't know this, you know it now. Once a week, there's a group that meet in here for intercessory prayer. Now, this is going to be in addition to our prayer chain. Hello, obviously in addition to pre-service prayer and pre-evangelism prayer, but a weekly intercession, that goes on right now. But you lead this prayer, and if someone, one of the leaders who can't make it, and it's only once a week, by the way, all right? Uh, some leaders have it on a Wednesday, the others have it on a, thir- or on a Friday. If you want to find out what, uh, what week and what day, you can just send me an email and we'll get the information to you. But so that needs to be the focus. We're praying warfare prayer. Amen. Travail. And praying for our evangelism efforts. Amen. And so next type of prayer we have, and you need all sorts of prayer going on. You heard Paul talking about pray all manner of prayer. Uh, so CFM prayer. That's care fellowship ministry. I know we pray. Um, if I, I'm going to say it this way. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to stop. I was going to digress. Our care fellowship ministry. We have prayer. Now, notice the, uh, the asterisk. Asterisk is normally indicating there's something else you need to pay attention to. And so I want you to pay attention to this. This CFM uh, prayer, that CFM ministry, care fellowship ministry, that is our current model branding for this particular area of ministry, our care fellowship or care groups. I'm letting you know right now that's our current branding. As we go on with this, we may wind up calling it something else or kind of tweaking our care fellowship ministry. Uh, why? F- to be more effective. Right now, our care fellowship ministry is more internal, more turn inward. It's getting together, fellowshipping, putting a Band-Aid on and everything else. Initially, care groups weren't like that when it first started. 
care groups was, was an outward thing. As a matter of fact, there were more people coming and getting the Holy Ghost in care groups. And, and care, now, the care group uh, ministry had more people attending that than the church services. Do you know that they're the largest churches in the world are built on care groups or home fellowship groups? Not necessarily care group as we define it, home fellowship groups. And the biggest churches in the world are, are really have, are, they're that large because of the care fellowship or home groups or small group ministries. If we ever going to have the type of revival we're going to need to have, or, I'm sorry, the type of revival that we expect or the harvest we expect to have, we are going to have to understand that this is going to be a major part. So if it's not working like we expect it to work, we're going to have to tweak some things. So stay tuned for some tweaking. Uh, youth, the youth prayer, youth ministry, uh, they're going to be doing the same type of prayer. Again, warfare, travail, uh, evangelism, and praying for our new believers. The care, fellowship, ministry, or any home group should be praying for our new people. When they come into the care group or the wherever, whatever we call this thing, they need to be prayed for. Amen. We don't need to be praying for a saint that's been there for 10 years to keep talking about my, my toe is still hurting. And Jesus didn't heal it. If he hadn't healed your toe in 10 years, chances are he's not going to heal it. Amen. So, all night prayer sessions. We're going to do this quarterly. The first one is going to be on December the 29th before the new year comes. In here. We had one all-night prayer meeting here before, right? So we're going to have these quarterly. And whoever's going to be the coordinator is going to handle all this. And uh, you come and go as you please, but it will be open. The building will be open for prayer. If you stay all night, you stay all night. But we need to do this more, and we need to have it regularly. It needs to be on our calendar, and we need to make this a priority. Right, prayer, and here we go. Watch out, flesh. Here we go, flesh. I hear the nails on the chalkboard. Fasting. Uh huh. I'm melting. Flesh is melting right about now. So we're going to have two seats now. We, uh, we're going to have to throw some more fasting in there. Day here, day there, pray for this. When we have special services and all that, and hopefully you do some fasting on your own or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, as you're medically able to. Let me throw that in. So I'm not going to be the reason you, you die because, you know, my, my pastor told me to pray <laughs> and fast. And we went on a certain such day fast. And I couldn't take my medicine, so... No. Um, so we're going to have two uh, times for that. Normally fall and April when we have our focuses, we're going to have a time of, of, of fasting. I'm like this. You fast, we're going to do it a certain amount of days of fasting. I'm not saying it right to, to this point. I'll let God lead. But you're going to do it the way you, you, know, you desire to do it. That's just going to be between you and God. But we, we need to have that. I think all that fast, I mean, all that prayer going on, if we just do that, and it won't be too much on one person. Obviously, we should have your personal prayer life. Need to, when you do this, your personal prayer life picks up automatically. 
And we know we want that to be a priority. Hello? Now, if you're bored at this already, I'm sorry. I'm just talking about God's kingdom. You know, I'll get to your kingdom next week. We're talking about God's kingdom tonight. All right, the next thing is, uh, and the uh, cycle is after prayer is engaging evangelism. I'm not just talking about you slip somebody a fly real quick and run just as fast as the flash. Right? You're gone. I'm talking about engaging in evangelism. Now that I passed out 20 flies, you hadn't seen a soul. <laughs> I believe in giving out flies and inviting people to church and all that. And that's a church invitation, and I think we need to do that. But we need some FaceTime, and I'm not talking about on the, t- on the phone. So engage in evangelism. Let me try to speed up slightly. Y'all like that little those effects? Just see me if you want a nice live presentation. I, I have fun doing these things. So sowing and planting is evangelism. First you have uh, plowing and watering. This is the, the harvest cycle. I'm talking about the real harvest cycle. I, I, I looked it up, and I've been studying it now. I, you know, bishops start talking about that with harvest and plowing and, and winnowing and threshing and all that. I went to look that thing up, and I saw how everything related. I said, oh, we're getting things in place. You ready, Bishop? Come on with that stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. So sowing and planting is what evangelism is. It's sowing the seed. It's so, you know, he said a soul went forth to sow. They're talking about the word of God. This is what that is. And Paul talking about some soul, others water, talking about planting and whatever. This is what we're doing. We already, through prayer, continue prayer, we're cultivating and we're plowing the, the field, the ground, people's heart and everything else, and, and, and uh, we're watering through prayer. And now it's time for some sowing and planting. And that's when we get out. If you sow and plant without uh, busting up the ground and everything else, you're not going to do very well. And, what, you know, it's one thing to bust up the ground and, 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 and plow up the ground and everything else and then put a seed in it. You know? Do all that hard work and don't even do anything after that. And so we need both. Amen. And so this is what we're doing, personal and friendship witnessing. Listen to that friendship witnessing. What do I mean by that? We need to learn how to develop friendships. You're not to go and start talking to people, right? And I'm sorry, you need to have an ulterior motive. You know what the ulterior motive is? It's not that I want um, you, you to come to my church. It's I want you to be saved. Because if you're really that person's friend, you want nothing more for them to be saved. And I'm not talking about being friends of the world, as the Bible says, don't be. I'm talking about being friend of people that are not saved. And I'm not talking about fellowshipping with them. So they say, okay, in order for you to be my friend, I want you to come on over here to the jukey joint with me. No, you're not my friend. Right? I don't have to do what you're doing to be your friend. Amen. Now, you don't have to do what I'm doing for me to be friendly to you. But I'm not going to go fellowship with the things you're doing. All right? I can fellowship with you. All right? And so what I'm talking about is building friendship. Jesus went over to uh, sinners' houses to eat. 
And that's what they, you know, the, the, the religious people said, are oh, you going to eat with some publicans and some, and some sinners? You're, if you really, if he, they told him, if you were really a man of God, you would, you would know what that type of woman this is. If you were really a prophet, you would, I'm, and Jesus was like, I know what type of woman this is. That's why I'm here. I am a prophet. I know what she needs. She's sick and she needs a physician. I'm the great physician. That's why I'm here. You know, don't let them religious people stop you from going and trying to reach a sinner. Be friendly with them. Don't go in there trying to bust up their camp and tell them they're sinning, they're going to hell and all that. You need Jesus in your life. Let me pray for you. You ought to, you, you know, put that bottle down. You don't need that liquor. There's a better way to communicate to people. Personal and uh, friend, I need to hurry up. Personal and friendship witnessing. That's the first type of witnessing. Witness to people in the job, and you witness by your lifestyle. Don't come try to bring somebody to church and you act like a fool. The waiter comes out with your meal. I don't want to get this out of here. And like it's her fault and it was the cook who burnt the food. Why are you, why are you fussing out the waiters all the time? I'm talking about personal witnesses, hello? Personal witnessing. You want to get all crazy? Just go back there to the cook so he can throw a knife and cut you up. You won't do that. No. You don't mess with the cook. Now, you don't want to go back there anyway. You don't want to see how they're making their food. <laughs> Let me stop. No. You got to witness right, folks, with your lifestyle. Purposeful evangelism efforts. We need somebody to rise up. And that is your, that is your candy stick. That, 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 is the, that is the carrot on the end of your stick. That is your, that's your lollipop. That is just, I mean, that is your, your teddy bear. You take the bed with you. I'm, I'm just talking about that's what you think about when you get up. And I'm talking about you can motivate people to, to do this. And we, I'm telling you, and everybody should be involved. And we're going to have planned individ, individual and group evangelism. We, 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 we threw a, a lot of stuff out there. And we had some participation in some of these things. But we, we, I, I have already gotten an evangelism team together. I already have it on my paper, so I will be sending it to you, evangelism team. And I'm, want, I'm hoping that someone rise, rises up out of that. But I have an evangelism, evangelism team already ready that's going to help keep the whole church straight. Keep us accountable. Put this thing before us because, folks, it, it's not about having just having people come to the church. It's, it's not about having someone come here. I love when people come here. As a matter of fact, we have a lady. I'm going to share this real quick. I had uh, Last year, I had some information that someone called me from uh, Vietnam, and he had someone in his church, this pastor, and they had, uh, who was uh, from the United States. She was in Vietnam, got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, and and she had some people that she was trying to get saved here. And, and, uh, and so we tried to connect with them. I made calls and all that didn't pan out. Well, she's back from Vietnam, and I, I, I've been receiving texts here and there, whatever. Well, she, be, she will be in church Sunday. And she's on fire. Let me just tell you this. She won 100 people in Vietnam in a year. She won 100 people. I think that was the correct, correct number from that statement. Won a whole lot of people. I think it was 75 at one time, 
or whatever, but it was around that amount or whatever. Now she's going to be here. She's going to be here this Sunday. I was like, man, I want to be here this Sunday. Oh, I just told you. <laughs> Let me know who doesn't come to church this Sunday morning. <laughs> um, folks, we can't have a harvest without sowing and planting. And so individual efforts there, monthly ministry, uh, monthly ministry and group efforts. That means every ministry that's a part of this church, every group, whether it's a care group or whatever, needs to have some sort of outlet to be involved in reaching the laws. And so if you're part of any group, any ministry, that ministry group needs to have some type of effort at least once a month to go out and to reach people. It's a group. That's not a whole lot, folks. See, the, the thing is, is this. If each group does that, and everybody in a group, if you belong, if you're part of a ministry or a group, even if it's youth or whatever, I want you to stand up. If you're part of a care group, you see that? Now, if every one of us is doing some, some efforts, here we go. See? This man passed out. I don't, I don't know how many uh, uh, those uh, seeds he passed out. I know I gave him one box by himself. And I think the box carries about, I think, is it 500 or 1,000? 1,000. He passed out 1,000 and I'm by himself. And he actually had more. I just said I gave him half a box and then he said, I, I don't feel like uh, that's enough. I feel like I'm cheating God. I said, I'll give you a box, and then you give me half of them or whatever. He looked at the box, and I was trying to get my half, and he wouldn't give me my half. <laughs> I said, man, just take the whole box. <laughs> you can be seated. MCM is Multicultural Ministry. Where is that? We got that Vietnamese lady. She's coming here. Hey, um, sister, make sure that Victor and his wife is in service. And Tina, we need, we, we need some... You know how they say we, we need to add some flavor. We need to add some flavor. Amen. I'm sorry we can't have all chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on, Mike. You know what I'm saying? All that chocolate up in here. What is it, near to Poland? What is that stuff? Neapolitan? You know, I don't eat ice cream. I don't eat it. To be honest, I don't eat ice cream. We need that. So anyway, outreach and community service. We go, well, I already have someone in mind. We need to have more community service. And there are, there are resources that we can tap into, but the idea would be to tap into the resources to help the community. There are free stuff that we can tap into the resource and then provide something to the community to reach out to the community. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, uh, Sister Diggs? You didn't know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Do you really know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do I need to say any more? What did you? Home Bible study emphasis and campaigns. That's where I come in because I'm the uh, coordinator of that. And uh, right now we have, we have, we, we have uh, 22 home Bible studies on the books, but 
I think probably four or five of them aren't really legit and going on right now. But, I mean, so we have 16 Bible studies but going on right now. But and that seems, that's, 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 you know, it's notable. That's all right. But there's no reason why we can't have 50 Bible studies going every time. Because everybody can teach a Bible study. I didn't say you can teach it like, you know, some Bible scholar. I mean, right now, I'm not trying to brag. I have three Bible studies going in. There's a few other people that have like three Bible studies, you know, two Bible studies. We need to have some. I think he has several Bible studies, and uh, uh, there's a few others or whatever. That means that not a lot of people are doing Bible studies. Cricket. Don't get don't get condemnation, get conviction, and say you know what I can I can teach somebody if I want because all I have to do is you know what you, I told you you know what teachers you you think teachers are so smart, I'm not knocking you teachers I know you go and get an education and all that and some of you have your your bachelors and some of you have your masters and I understand all that, but you know you don't know all that material. What you do is you get your teacher you get the students to do the material. And you have the teacher's notes. So while they have to study, all you got to do is look at the teacher's notes. And, hello? And then give them the answers. Well, our Bible studies are just like that. We have the teacher's notes. Can I have that Bible just lifted up right there? And then we have all the answers and everything else. And all we have to do is prepare the lesson. It's not hard, folks. And everybody can do it. Well, anyway, that went over like a flock of, as Brother Morgan said, a flock of dogs. That just went over very well. But we're going to have campaigns. Every time we have campaigns, the Bible studies pick up and the emphasis on Bible studies. And if we place the emphasis, if you, not just the church, place the emphasis on Bible studies, we can do, Brother uh, Morrell Cornwell, Elder Cornwell, built a church of, all over, of almost 2,000 people based on home Bible studies alone. Anyway, so so in gathering, we can do that at gatherings. Uh, all efforts will have to be tracked for accountability. So that's evangelism efforts. I said I'm gonna move fast, but you know me. Multiplying minute, uh, membership. That's the next step in this uh, cycle. Multiplying membership. We need the membership to multiply. How do we do that? Now, and what is that? Multiplying membership. The next phase in harvest is reaping. After you. Dig up, bust up the ground, right, and water. You sow or you plant, you keep watering, and then you reap the harvest. Well, that's simple. What is that? You have to get, you, it's one thing for people to come to church or come to a group. It's another thing to get them connected and to be a part. That's reaping the harvest. Just because they showed up to a service, you, you, we didn't reap anything yet. A person come to church, we haven't won them. It's not just about having somebody come through the door. It's nice to have, it's really nice to have people. But we want them to remain, fruit that remain. So our weekly Welcome to Antioch orientation will be on Thursdays now, every Thursday. 
Even if, uh, new members or new people, new uh, converts, new believers will have an opportunity every single Thursday. Um, we have our Thursday membership sessions. So we have orientation and our membership sessions that will be every Thursday. This is something new that we're getting ready to start, by the way. We're scrapping a Tuesday and Thursday deal. I mean, Tuesday and Wednesday deal. Every single Thursday. <laughs> Praise God to that, right? And so now trying to get people on Wednesday and Tuesdays and all that, we can, we can just forget that. We tell them we have church service on Thursday. You can come. You can do your class. We're going to have two sessions, a 7 p.m. session and an 8 p.m. session. And so <clears throat> I'll explain that later. But Thursday, general sessions. So we have general sessions where we can help harvest and reap the crop. And so some of our classes will be strictly membership classes. Some of you know what those are all about with the uh, My Place in God story. And then we have the bearing fruit, etc. And then we're going to have general sessions geared towards reaping souls so they can stay. Um, the Care Fellowship Ministry, at least that's the current model, that uh, branding model right now is the Care Fellowship Ministry. Notice that. That's the current. Uh, so uh, the Care Fellowship Care Groups. So the care fellowship ministry should consist of different things. If you are a care group leader, your job doesn't stop with you leading your care group. The most effective care group leaders are those who are involved with their people throughout the week, checking on them, seeing how things are going. When they miss a church service, you call them, not just on it. They miss care group. And so we're ready to do it. And I, I know I'm walking back and forth right now, messing the camera guy. I'm sorry. I apologize. I forgot your, your, your um, recording this. So uh, let me stand still. So the, the Care Fellowship Ministry, at this particular point, uh, we, it consists of care groups, Care Fellowship Ministry calls. That, that includes missing sheep. Uh, we just found out a way how to solve this missing sheep ministry. And everybody who comes through our doors will be assigned to a care group leader. And care group leaders, you can have some one or two people working under you. Once somebody is on your roster, not on your care group roster for checking them off, but on your big roster that says you're responsible, you're going to call when a person is not in service. So a care group leader is going to help in that responsibility. You want the glory of being a care group leader, we need to have the work outside of that. Yeah, I need the care group leader to say something about that. And so that's going to solve our missing sheep problem right there. Mm -hmm. Care fellowship ministry outreach. Again, care groups need to be involved in the outreach. That's going to help with uh, multiplying membership. Again, this is the next part, multiplying membership. All right? Focus-type groups. We have focus-type groups like singles and, and everything else. We are two inward, folks. We have a singles ministry. We have a um, married couples ministry. A mandate went out uh, <laughs> through the bishop. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad because he said, I want to know what we're going to do to stop having so, so many people focus inwardly. 
And he said, I want to know what each of you three congregational pastors are going to do to get this church out of having so much stuff that's geared, that's geared towards feed me, feed me, look at me, do me, give me, whatever, and getting involved with what we're supposed to be doing. I have a question for you. Could you show me all those ministries in the, in the Bible that we just got to have? Well, we, I'm not trying to be cruel. Well, we're not just going to make it. I just got a question. Just show me in the book. Now, we're going to have them because we need fellowship. All right? But if we fellowship in the right manner, we won't need as many specialized, focused groups. Because I should be able to get my, what I need when the church come together and meet. I don't have to have my little clique to get what I need. I got to have everybody like me to get what I need. Brother, if you had to have everybody like you to get what you need, you're in trouble. Thank God we got somebody to say, I don't need to have everybody just like me. We need to expand that mentality. Am I doing all right? I got that from, the, from, from Elder Brown. You know me, I get that one-eye thing going. He got that two-eyebrow thing going. <laughs> Amen. Multiplying ministry. The next phase is developing disciples. So then you go from the first, remember, is preparatory prayer. The second is uh, sowing and reaping, or what's the uh, uh, evangelism, uh, uh, I agree to say effective evangelism, but engaging in evangelism. The, th the third is multiplying membership. The fourth is developing disciples, because once they become disciples, now you want to, I mean, once, you, once they become members, now you want them to be discipled. So developing disciples, what are we going to do for that area? And that's actually, that's once you bring the wheat, after you plow the ground, then you water it, then you plant the seed, you let it grow, you reap the crops, and then you're supposed to thresh the wheat. And the threshing is, what are you doing with threshing? You, 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 the, the threshing is you grinding it up to do what? To, to take the parts out that you need. That's the discipling. You're developing disciples. Because every part of, of the wheat is not going to be used. Every part is not going to be used. And so that's part of the process. And in this, how are we going to do that? So I looked at the whole cycle and said, do we have everything in place? So how do we do this? How do we thresh the wheat? Do you understand the wheat is people? Or should I say the weed are people? And, and, and so that means, Sister Hannah, that means everyone that comes in, we should have a process to get them to the place that they need to be to do what? To bring forth more, more fruit. All right? And so that's, this is the process. And so you bring them out and bring them from the field. Now you, you, you thresh the wheat. And when you thresh wheat, this is what we're doing. 
That's on on Thursday evenings. In addition to having discipleship class, I mean, in addition to having membership classes, we're going to have Thursday evening discipleship classes. So we're going to have three levels going on at the same time. I'll get to the third one. The first level is orientation, getting people oriented to this church, and to becoming going through the membership classes. Now, the membership doesn't consist of just simply being a member. It's it's bringing them along in their their process or the, or the stage of maturity. And then you get them past the, the uh, membership portion to making them disciples and you're teaching them and, and you're training them. We're going to have two sets of classes, the discipleship sessions and the general sessions to help uh, teach and train people. We have leadership tutoring. That's where those of you who are care group leaders, Bible study teachers and everything else, you need to have somebody under your wing that you're training right now. If you lead a care group and you're not looking in your care group and saying, this is the person I want to groom to take my place. If you're leading the media ministry, you need to be grooming somebody to take your place. If you're leading evangelism, if you're leading the preaching point, you need to be trying to raise up somebody that can step into your shoes. You're not an effective leader unless you're training somebody to take your place. You're insecure if you think, you know, I don't want nobody to take my place. So leadership tutoring, that's pulling the person aside and, and showing them how it's done, coaching them along. There we go again at Asher, CFM, Care Fellowship Ministry. And that's how you do that. If you, as I said, in the care group training, letting people participate in certain portions, et cetera. We, we're going to all those – if, if – uh, this current structure and what we're about to do, this will help prepare people. Again, remember what Jesus, oh, I'm sorry, what the uh, book of Ephesians said, what Paul said, talking about that Jesus gave the, the, the fivefold ministry so that people can do the work of their ministry. This is how you do that. You have to be trained. And so we're going to have these classes every single week on Thursdays. And so you're getting geared towards that now by sitting listening to me instead of listening to me preaching listening to me teaching a, or really giving direction, so to speak. And so the next uh, level in this cycle is enhanced equipping. You go to making uh, uh, membership, uh, to multiplying the membership, to developing uh, disciples, to Enhance equipping. That's now the person is, is, is a disciple. They are a disciplined one. Now they need to be equipped for the next phase. And that's what Jesus said in Ephesians 4, that we need to be equipped. Why? If, if I can take you aside, okay, first of all, I help uh, bring you in, right? I plow the ground and everything else, water to pray for you. Got you know, got you into the church. You got saved, got baptized, got the Holy Ghost. Now I'm bringing you to the classes so you can become a member and all that. You went through the courses and everything else. Hey, you want to be a part of what God is doing? Now it's time to teach you and train you to be a disciplined one and everything else. And and hey, now you go from that, you know, involved in that area. Now I'm equipping you 
So now you can go ahead and fulfill your work in ministry. And so what we're going to do to equip, thank you for standing. You did a great job standing. I'll tell you what, when I need to stand, I'm coming to you. And the way you just stood up like that, shh. And I hadn't seen anything like that in years. I'm just, awesome. So after, after wheat is threshed, it's winnowed. So you're threshing wheat as you grind it up, you're breaking it up, and you, you know, you either have the grinding wheel or you get the ox and it tread, tread out the corn and it's going around. What is it doing? It's threshing the wheat. It's breaking it all up and getting rid of it. It's, it's separating. And then comes the winnowing process. After, the, after, after, the, after you become a disciple, now the winnowing process is you take the winnowing fan and you're tossing it up. And guess what happens? The wheat is separated from the chaff. that remains now are the ones that's really going to be used. And you use winnowed uh, wheat for two things. The first thing you use it for is to grind it up and make flour so you can break some ni- bake some nice bread to eat. And you take the, the rest of it and you use the kernels and the rest of it. What are you going to do? You're going to use that to sow more seed. So every farmer knows you don't eat all your crop. You have some that you eat, others you got to replant and reproduce. So anyway, winnowing is enhancing and equipping. Again, that's going to be on our Thursday night. Thursday nights is going to be nothing but teaching, training, equipping, preparing our membership to go further. You're just going further. You, it's not being equipped and being trained just to be trained and, and to have a badge and say, yeah, I'm now such and such. I have three ribbons now. You know, I'm not, this is not the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. I got my merit badge. I got my honor badge. I got my purple heart. No. We're not doing that. This is for you to do something. It's not a plaque. It's not a trophy. Even though you will get a certificate if you want to put that on the wall. But the purpose of this is for you to get out and to fulfill your ministry. So Thursday night, equipping sessions. And these equipping sessions, this is what we're doing. We have uh, topics and uh, lessons, and you're going to know how to pray with people. You're going to know all the, the different nuances of, 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 of ministry and uh, we got some powerful stuff that we're putting together. There are going to be certain sessions that you'll listen to. You'll get the notes and paperwork. you fill it out and things of that nature. And then you're going to have a chance to apply it. got to apply what you know. And so it's not about just getting information. Now it's about giving that information out. And so we have home Bible studies, teachers prep. Some of you know what I'm talking about in order for you to be, in order for you to have become a designated home Bible study teacher, you had to go through our little training program. And so you had to, you had to, every, every time you was ready for a lesson, you had to do the lesson and turn it, turn in the answers and all that. And, and if you've been a part of that, raise your hand. And so, uh, and that made you a designated home Bible study teacher. Well, if you want to be a, a, a used by the church to be a home designated Bible study teacher, you can get involved with that particular uh, process as well. So we, again, I already said this, application and demonstration evaluation. 
We're going to have a way to uh, make sure you, you know what you're doing and evaluate it through demonstration and application. Antioch U, which is fastly fading, I might add, but there will be some Antioch U material. Advanced leadership training that is being offered, always being offered uh, through the bishop and uh, other means. Uh, Brother Yi will be involved in, in, in this process, uh, not necessarily every month, but we'll have him come up and have other uh, leaders come up as well and, and do that. Um, obviously, we have the leadership summit coming up for those who are in this area already. Um, we have the AML training. That's the Antioch Ministerial Licensing Training. I'm almost done, folks, to help facilitate that. All right? Y'all still with me? Hold up. It's 846. I thought it was 915 already. I still have 15 minutes now. Stop acting like it's 9 o'clock. I know it's a lot of information, right? Hopefully it's not too much. I really try to simplify. I do have... And I'm not reading my notes. I do have notes on it, as you can see. I, I'm glad I'm not reading the notes. But I have it laid out in bullet form to kind of better explain some of it. Most of my notes is just up here anyway, uh, hopefully. And so uh, you go from en enhanced equipping, which we're going to do on Thursdays. Now, we're going to have our whole uh, structure is going to be set up to facilitate that. So before I go to the next phase, I want to just mention something to you because you've heard me throw this out there, and I believe some of you kind of, oh, he's talking about the care fellowship ministry. As I mentioned to you before, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I talked to you about Antioch West and one of the things they are doing. One of the things they decided to do was to do away with the uh, current uh, way or the schedule. So on, I'm, I'm not proposing this on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. On Tuesday, they have their membership deal going on. On Wednesday, they have their discipleship thing going on. And on Thursday, they have the equipment thing. I felt to bring Al's on one day, bring everybody in, and everyone will be able to participate. And uh, some of you will teach. Those of you who are at a certain place already, uh, you will teach. One session, and so, for instance, if you are already a licensed minister, et cetera, you may teach one session, and then you go to the equipment track uh, session for further equipping. And so somebody, whoever's in, say a person is in the, uh, the stage of membership, they have to complete all the membership classes first and then move to the next session sec, uh, segment, uh, which is the discipleship, discipleship segment and then the equipping segment, and then after that, you say, well, what's after that? Getting out there and doing it. Making sure you find your area of ministry, and, 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 and then you're going to multiply. But what they are doing at Antioch West is, so they're doing it on those days, and so they no longer have care group as we currently know it. They have, uh, care groups are done where, for the most part? In a home. So, but they don't have the mother ministry anymore, they have home groups that are run not necessarily by the mother dimension, but the father dimension, and have the fellowship stuff going on also, like on a different day with that particular group. So they may have, for instance, they don't have Sunday, they're going to cut out at some point Sunday night services, and they're going to just have everything on Sunday nights will be 
uh, groups. Remember, I, I talked. I remember I talked to you about they, the idea. Of they wanted to have twenty groups with um, twenty people in, in a group. That's what four hundred people, right? Very easy. That math is easy. How many people you have in your care group? That comes roughly 15, 17, 15. Okay. She almost has 20 right now in her care group. If we had 10 people, I mean 10 groups running almost 20, what's that right there? 200. You see, we talked about averaging 200 a week. That could be easily done. Right? If that was the focus. If the focus, now we go from being, you know, I don't want anybody in my group, huh? To let's uh, let's um, make this a thing to to get people to come, and then guess what? When I when I start getting too many, you you divide it, and then you start another group. And if we had this going, you are you're getting more people who are qualified to lead groups. But it don't necessarily have to be in the mother dimension. It could be in the father dimension. You can have people under that that who have uh, who has a mother dimension of ministry, meaning who nurtures and take care of people, check on people, and all that. And so you can have all that going on simultaneously. And so that's the way they're doing it. I'm not saying we're going to necessarily do it that particular way, but we have to find a way. If we just go stick stick to the the care group structure that we have now, we're going to have to find a way to get our care groups to stop being so inward. Now, I know we say, well, it's the care group ministry is about uh, taking care of our sheep and all that. I know that's the problem. And that's been the problem for years. And I don't know when Antioch made that switch and started adapting that to, to become the, you know, the hospital. And... Um, and, but it has been. And you know what we've been saying? Because we need the fellowship. Right? But I think we, we, we're going to find a way. The idea would be to find a way to have fellowship. And with your groups. do and, and, But the, the care groups used to be this. You would come to care group. And it wasn't just about getting with people. You would come into the presence of God. You remember those care groups? As soon as you walked into the door. I mean, they clapping, dancing, singing, praising, not dancing around in your But, you know, lifting up hands and people crying, people receiving the Holy Ghost and all that, and somebody teaches the Word. It turned into a church service. But everybody in, in, um, in Antioch West, everybody's going to be taught the same thing each week, meaning each of their groups going to have the same lesson that week. So lessons are taught every week. People are being prayed for every week. So you have prayer, apostles' doctrine, uh, fellowship, and not necessarily breaking the bread every week, but you have all that, and then a group leader picks somebody to, to do that. Anyway, that's the way they're doing it. We just have to find a way that for, our, for the system to work. So anyway, multiplying ministry. That's the next step, and that's reproduction. After you get the crop, and in, into in the barn, you have to think of this. I need to sow again. So it's, it's about reproducing. It's about multiplying your ministry. So sister, uh, sister buyers, say, for instance, you came into the church, 
And then you went to the orientation, you, and, and then you went to the membership classes, and after the membership classes, you went to the discipleship stuff that they were offering, and you're moving on along, and you're doing all the stuff that you, 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 you need to do to grow in God, and, and then next thing you know, you get into the, the, the uh, advanced stuff, enhanced uh, equipment and all that, and then next thing you know, you're ready to go ahead and reproduce. Now you're ready to do some other things like we're going to, after that, after the cycle, we should be able to launch new groups, whether we call them care fellowship groups or whatever we call them, house groups or whatever. We, we launch new groups. By then, there, there will be people who are ready to lead new groups. We'll launch preaching points. We'll launch new Bible study teachers and new Bible study campaigns. And, and then we'll do new, uh, new ministry assessments to see where people are, what type of new ministries we need to start and uh, what ministries we need to launch, etc. And so there you have the full cycle Multiplying ministries, there we are. Prayer, that's plowing, evangelism, sowing and plowing, uh, planting, I'm sorry, multiplying membership, reaping and harvesting, developing disciples is threshing wheat. Again, enhanced equipping is winnowing the wheat. And after you winnow the wheat, you want to reproduce and start planting more seed again, getting seed ready and taking the people to get them ready to go ahead and get out and uh, begin to sow or begin to start praying and, and repeat the cycle all over again. So this is where we are. Hopefully I didn't overwhelm. I'll check my wife. Did I overwhelm them, babe? Okay. She would let me know if I did. And so, once again, this is the uh, harvest cycle. This is the model, folks, for multiplying. We, we keep saying we want harvest. And we keep saying we're going to have harvest. It's rhetoric, rhetoric for us to say it just to get a response. Right? That's rhetoric. I am saying something to get you excited, to get you res responding. Sunday was not about trying to get you hyped. I was sharing with you my faith. And my faith is going from what I believe to let's, let's put this thing into action. Now, if you've just been here just for a little while, sister, it's so good to have you. I'm coming to you, Eunice. It's so, yes, I'm coming. It's so great to have you. We're glad to have you a part of our church. You're welcome. Now, I want you to know that there's a place for you. It's your place in God's story. It's your place in this church. And the next step after that is, is how I can bear fruit. And, and that's what we're all about because we want to be, want you to be a part of God's plan and God's program. Sister, we're glad to have you. As a part of our church. We don't believe in somebody just coming to sit down on a pew 
and that's the, uh, your identity. Well, I come to church Sunday morning. No, you come to church, that only makes, uh, make that a part of your life. And we don't want to make church a part of our lives. We want to be a part of God's kingdom. Meaning all of our life, our, our entire life, I should say, is about being a part of God's kingdom. And it's about getting people ready and preparing people. Why? Because, you know, if I taught five Bible studies and ten Bible studies and, and prayed somebody to receive the Holy Ghost and they receive the Holy Ghost and I baptize somebody and all that, you expect that. And some people don't understand the concept of, of us having a, having a whole church pray, pray for people. Some people have never been to a church where everyone is praying for somebody. And I know because everybody else in the body, they are not special. Only the pulpit ministry is special. Right? Every part of God's body has his spirit in it. Right? And the Bible says, pray ye one for another. The Bible says, the believers shall lay hands on the sick. The Bible says, the believers, not the preachers. You know how it is. Only the preachers can pray for people. That goes against what Jesus said. Jesus said, the believers. But my church said, the preachers. I don't know what they putting on me when they pray, pray over me. I don't know what they putting on me. Friend, you better off letting a, a saint, a, a Bible-believing person pray over you than not letting anybody pray over you. You got a better chance of being delivered, being healed, being set free if you let people do what God told them to do. Oh, hallelujah. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Equipping everyone. She received the Holy Ghost on a Sunday morning. Come on, give me a high five. And Sunday night, she was in the altars praying for people. You let her do that? She's a child of God. She received the same Holy Ghost I received. She has the same burden I received. Why not? Well, what if she mess up? Hey, I still mess up. What if she mess up? You're at the altar because you messed up. You wouldn't be at the altar if you didn't mess up and make a mistake. Last time I checked, Jesus said, I want imperfect people. He said, I'm, I'm going to be the only perfect one. So what if you let a, a, a preacher come pray for you? What you're trying to say, that he don't, he, he don't have the same problems? Well, he's a preacher. He can pray for me. Are you trusting that man's humanity because he's a preacher? Like it's the man that's doing something. Last time I checked, it's the Holy Ghost. If that person got the Holy Ghost, do something. Use that Holy Ghost. Because when, I'll tell you like this, I don't mind people come praying because, first of all, 
You that afraid of the devil? Let me just say it this way. Because as soon as somebody come praying or whatever, I already pleaded the blood. And I already say, God, whatever, that junk, I don't want that, whatever. But I'm all, I keep my spirit open or whatever. And what I do is, okay, that's not from God. That's from God. That's from God. That's flesh. You know, some people flesh, but they, they, they mean wealth. Because somebody want to pray. Who in the world wouldn't want somebody to pray over them? Devil ain't got that much power that somebody coming here wanting to be used to God. All of a sudden, the devil getting over, putting something on you. I'm putting this on you. That's the devil. Come on. Anybody want to see that? Anybody want to participate in that? Why don't you stand on your feet if you're excited about that? This is our day. This is our hour. I'm waving a sheave offering unto the Lord. We're going to have revival and harvest in Baltimore. We're not going to be like any other church. We're not going to be confined to tradition and religion. We're going to see people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, living for God, delivered from drugs, delivered from alcohol, delivered from vice, delivered from anything they want to be delivered from. Delivered from the power of the enemy. I'm half tempted. Where did you get this from? Can you get another one? Hey, they go, oh, Pier One. They, she just cursed, isn't she? I said, we just vacuumed that floor. I wanted to bring these. Don't worry, because we're going we're gonna to cover some more area at some point. And the idea was for me to bring one of these for everyone to carry. And put it somewhere as a reminder. You are a living, walking harvest. All to yourself. All you have to do is be a, to be a part of God's program, his purpose, and his will. Then if you want to be a part of it, I want you to come on up front. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to tear it apart. That's it, come on up. Go and pass it along. Just pass it along. Won't you just lift your hands? Somebody going to pass that along. Just make sure you just pass it along. I know we have guests and we want to welcome you. Uh, I deeply apologize for not welcoming our guests and making it right for the. Thank you, Jesus. For the recording. Hopefully they recorded at the right moment. But won't you just close your eyes, lift your hands. Somebody may tap you, just you can open it just to pass it. Just pass it along. I just want to give you a reminder of what we're here for. 
I know sometimes we get afraid that we're going to uh, get away from the things that we're comfortable with and used to. I know we get so used to re- tradition. What if God is wanting us to break, uh, to break the, re- uh, the tradition cycle and the religious cycle, to have a harvest cycle? I want to be a part of your kingdom. God, I want to do what you called me to do. I want to be a part of your plan and your purpose. Just pass it along. This is just a reminder. Say, God, when when, when somebody passes it to you, God, I want to be a part of your harvest. I want to be a part of your harvest. Take me through the complete cycle. Now, pretty soon we're going to launch these things. We're going to kind of introduce some of these. We're going to have a sign-up sheet if you desire to to get on board and get involved. And we'll start you off at somewhere along this process. Some of you will start off at the beginning. If you hadn't had the the, uh, membership classes, some of you are already a um, corporate member. You'll start off at the discipleship uh, segment of this. But each and every one of us also will sign up for the, the prayer portion, which is the beginning of this cycle. And we'll all be involved in that particular area and that be, that particular uh, part of the process. And, and we also will get involved in different aspects with the uh, sowing and the... Uh, not just the watering, but the, the planting. And each, each and every one of us will be a part of that and individually and collectively as, as a church, as an individual, and uh, as a small group. Come on, why don't we just talk to the Lord for just a few minutes? I know this is different. Now, this is going to require some of you to have a particular area of focus. It's going to require some of you to uh, step your game up, so to speak. And it's going to require some of you to to spend more time in a particular area, a particular area of devotion, a particular area of ministry, a particular area of focus. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe God has positioned us and aligned us. And God is ready to to move us along in his purpose and in his kingdom. It won't be something of hype and it won't be an, an emotional climb. But there will be depth and there will be maturity and there will be growth and there will be increase. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. There is no one like Jesus' name. Lord, I pray your blessing upon this people. God, I bind the spirit of tradition. God, the compromise of religion. And compromise complacency I bond fear 
Lord, to step out into where you would have us. God, we resist, Lord, the temptation of the flesh to settle for less. God, I pray, I pray that you would prepare this church, prepare us for this hour that you called us into. I pray that you would prepare individuals and households, families and couples, young people and older people alike. Give us a hunger. Give us a burden, your burden. God, loose your passion and your compassion. In the name of Jesus, let your vision come to pass. And your purpose, Lord, bring it to fruition. And everything, Lord, you desire to do in this body, in this in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I pray you would loose the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. While the fruit of the Spirit is on display, readily identified in your church. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, we believe you and we trust you. God, cause us to be fruitful. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, we want to be apostolic. Not just in doctrine. But God, by our lifestyle. By our practice. God, what we do is a part of your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you would make us one with you. And remove everything in our lives, oh Lord, that would keep us distracted and preoccupied and held back from fulfilling your calling and your purpose in our life. God, we individually and collectively submit ourselves to you. Loose the spirit of submission and humility. Give us the spirit of evangelism. Give us the grace to do the work of the evangelist. God, raise up prophets, raise up evangelists, raise up pastors and teachers, apostles, deacons, administrators, workers of the ministry, those that will proclaim the gospel into a lost world. Raise up sowers and planters and waterers. Those that will weep, oh God, between the altar and the porches. Raise up prayer warriors, intercessors, travailers and burden bearers. A church, oh God, without walls, built on love, the love of God. In Jesus' name, make us one and ready, Lord. For your calling and your purpose. Make us one in you. Ready, Lord, for your work in this hour. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for giving me that extra 10 or 15 minutes. I took my liberty. Took those minutes. I believe that we're here. Everything is coming 
into play and falling into place. I want this to be a reminder. I'm going to have my sheaves. Jesus, Jesus. It's up to you to get yours. We're going to get it individually and collectively. Now, if you're going to be involved in this, you're going to have to decide I'm going to be involved in the prayer part. I'm going to be involved in the evangelism piece. I'm going to be involved in the discipleship classes all the way through the all, all three stages. Membership, if, if, if you're already a member, you can help teach the courses and prepare people, help to get people ready, but all the other courses, discipleship, and it's about training. It's not about sitting in the classes. It's not just sitting in the classes and going to sleep. It's about training and equipping so we can go to that yellow part of being a part. Everyone in here. Good thing about praying is you don't need any qualifications. Amen. Good thing about sowing seed is you don't need any qualifications. The good thing about uh, being a part of somebody's life to see them one to God is that you don't need any qualifications. You can be a part of this. Amen. God bless you. Won't you uh, invite this, uh, someone to service Sunday morning, whether it's here at this location or at East Baltimore? I believe we are on the verge of that breakthrough. It's going to require work, but I'm ready to do it. God bless you. Again, thank you for your time. I don't take that lightly. You dismissed in Jesus' name.